Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior and our King. Greetings. Everybody say faith. faith. Today on this second week of Advent, our focus is on faith. The people of God, as they were waiting for the coming of Christ, they needed faith. Amen? It's You have to have faith, and people talk about it for salvation, but honestly... Just to live your day-to-day life, you have to have faith. Or you wouldn't get up, and you wouldn't go, and you wouldn't do the things that you do. You have to have faith. The story of Moses, which we will be talking about, is a, an incredible story of faith. We talked last week a little bit about it. We're going to talk more about it in detail today. From the, the story of the midwives who inspired Israel, uh, all the way to the last days of the life of Moses, his life was a a story and a life filled with faith. He was a giant of faith, really. He cast a huge light in a world filled with darkness. As we talked about last week, hope was the match strike, the fire, uh, amidst the darkness of sin and the curse. Hope lit the way, but faith would step forward. Everybody say, "Step step forward. Faith would step forward. Hope is something we have. But faith is when we act. Hope steps forward and uh, into action. Faith is the work that we do out of hope. By faith, our forefathers looked for the coming of Messiah with great anticipation. Since the promise went forth in the presence of Adam and Eve and the curse of the serpent, that the child would one day come who would vanquish sin and death, uh, they by faith rejoiced each time. A child was born in their homes. Um, It's easy to get discouraged. uh, But when we have the promises of God, we can have faith. As God calls us to worship, we're going to be called from Psalm 90, which is a psalm uh, attributed to Moses. And I love the name of this psalm. The psalm has a name. And the psalm is from everlasting to everlasting. Amen? Lord. Psalm 90 says, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and says, Return, ye children of men, 
For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is a past, and as a watch in the night to you, O Lord. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up, and in the morning flourish and grow up, and in the evening is cut down and withers. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that has been told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, let yet is there strength, there is labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knows the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad in all of our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish it thou, O Lord. Let us pray. Lord, faith causes us to work. Lord, let us not be complacent. Let us not sit idly by and wait, O God. But let us step forth in faith and do the works of righteousness Uh, As your word says, while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us with more faith, that you would give us those uh, gifts of faith. According to your word, every man has faith and is given faith by you according to the measure of the gift of God. We pray that we would have more faith, Lord, that you would just fill us and infuse us and give us faith so that we indeed could work by faith doing your will. Lord, we pray today that you would forgive our sins. Lord, that you would feed us from heaven. Lord, that you would change us and make us more like you. In Christ's name we pray. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. standing as we read, as I read my text for you um, from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You heard the whole chapter, but I'm going to read for you the section I'm going to focus on today as we talk about faith and Moses' faith multiplies. Everybody say, Moses' faith multiplies. Moses' faith multiplies. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ uh, greater than riches than the treasure of Egypt For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. 
For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea and on dry land, which the Egyptians, a saying to, were drowned. Let us pray. Lord, we come to the portion of our service where we long to hear your word. Speak to us. Change us by it, Lord, and help us to act based on the hope that we receive from your word. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, you may be seated. Can you imagine how hard it was to carry on in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve sinned? This is really something I was contemplating this week. How do you go on? They were surrounded by perfection, beauty, perfect communion, no pain, no suffering, no thorns, no death. All was good. All was beauty. No sin. No guilt for sin. No death. But then before their eyes, uh, because of what they did, all of this was lost. Can you even imagine this? How many of you feel guilty when something you do affects people in your life? I do. You know, uh, to to take it more to the comical side, you know, uh, driving down the road and, you know, your wife has told you to slow down and you don't. And the little red lights begin flashing. They're not Christmas lights, right? And here you are pulling over and you know what this means. What this means is $200 is what it means. What it means is unless the Lord is merciful on you and somehow the policeman takes mercy on you, that that money that you don't really have to waste has just been thrown down a rat hole. Do you know what I'm talking about, Steve? And you just go and you're just like, now that's nothing, right? It's a little bit of money which we can make up and or might seem like a lot of money and it is. But but that's just a little loss that something you did cost everybody in your family. You're like, oh. Now, we don't hardly really even know because the way we are, we, we'd figure out a way to overcome it and make sure our family was never touched by it. We'd figure that out. That's how we did it. Could you imagine doing something that cost you everything that you had and it's all gone? I can't imagine it. <coughs> when others suffer because of me, honestly, it's unbearable. It kind of zaps my ability. It takes my energy, my drive, and... It kind of replaces it with fear and dread. I'm kind of wondering, what what am I going to screw up next? What tool am I going to destroy? What, you know, am I going to break the car or what? It it almost like begins to paralyze me like, oh, it's just, this is horrible. While bad things kept happening throughout the world, the people of God had to keep on keeping on. Could you imagine being Adam and Eve and you raise two sons to the point where they're grown men and they're working and they're offering their things to God... And, and, and your two sons that you have, one of them kills the other one. Can you, can you almost see in your mind's eye the deflation? When Andrea was young, uh, she lost two brothers. One of them was 21, the other one was 19. And one thing that goes through your mind is you go, but we put so much into them. And they were going to do so many things and... 
Part of the great loss is the loss of the hope of their future. And part of it is how much I put into it. I worked and worked and worked and we trained and we catechized and we trod on the scripture and they overcame sin and all these things happened in their life and then they're gone. This has a way of just taking it out of you. So now you're Eve and now you know what you got to do, Elizabeth? Now you got to start all over. And so now a little baby's born. And you're tired just looking at the baby because the baby's got to learn to do this and learn to do that. And it's got to learn to do this. And it's, got, and it's going to be feedings at nighttime. And it's going to take time. And you know what? By the time he's the age that Abel was, maybe he's going to die. Doesn't, aren't you almost discouraged just hearing me talk about it? It's just like, ugh. But that's what it was. Cain is off doing his thing. Adam and Eve are empty nesters. They, they're there. And, you know, well, they probably had daughters. But... They were like, if we don't have more sons, what can happen? All that's going to happen is, is Cain. And what a he does. There's no hope. But then a little baby was born. And then another one. And men began to call on the name of the Lord. Time and again, the people of God had to start all over again. Everybody say, start all over again. They would do well for a while. Sin would enter in. It seemed that all was lost, but... Those who were willing would just keep starting all over again. Honestly, if you read the Word of God and you don't read it like a a fake storybook, but you read it like the lives of real people, it has to make you tired. It has to make you go, oh, Adam and Eve are starting all over again. Oh, no, wait a minute. The whole world, every, every bit of the world, you know, is completely over. And now Noah, they got to start all over again. There are no people. Here they go. Now Adam and his wife for the next, or Noah and his wife for the next Adam and Eve. They've got, they've got some families there. We're going to start all over again. Israel and his family started over when they entered into Egypt. They had gone in uh, as important people uh, with Joseph, but now they were slaves. It was time for them to break free, though, and start over again. You see, freedom, you know, just like with the African-American slaves, freedom was the beginning of of starting over. They had to figure out how to live and where they were going to live and what they were going to eat and what they were going to farm and how they were going to survive. They had to do a lot. And so freedom was exciting, but without like, what are we going to do next? But, well, we got to work. We got to start all over. We got to build houses. We got to start farming. We got to start taking care of ourselves. You see, the story of God's people uh, is a story of constant rebirth, re- starting over again. God's people must be born again over and over and over again. Even at the time of the Great Reformation we talked about, it seemed that the church had gone completely crazy and everything was a mess. But someone had to say, okay, we're going to start over again. We're going to go right back to the Word of God. We're going to go, we're going to find out what it says. We're going to read it. We're going to begin to learn and we're going to begin to practice this in our families. We are going to start over again. In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, what many people call the New Testament's faith chapter, as we look at this part of it in our text here, God points us to a number of things that in the story of Moses' life, telling us that they were done by faith. Faith says, okay, we're going to start over again. All right, I'm going to take one more run at it. Why? Because I believe that what God says is true. That's why I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop trying. I'm not done because God is not done with me yet because I still have another breath left in my body. As we read in in, uh, 
chapter 11, right at the beginning, as Steve read for us early, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. But I say hope for. The evidence of things not seen. Now you can make this uh, into some great big theological problem that, oh, we just can't understand it. It's not that hard. Okay? Hope is seeing what you can't see yet, but you believe that you will see. Does that make sense? You go and you plant a, a, a seed in the ground, and when you do the seed, you're, the planting is the faith, but hope and faith together says, I see down the road that this seed one day will be an oak tree, or this will one day be a tomato plant, and I can almost see myself holding a ripe tomato and a little salt shaker and eating it right now. And so you can do the work, amen? You can do the work. Imagine if you're just, you know, just putting it in there. It's why some people in their work, they never, they don't see any, it's, you know, postal workers, right? They go postal, why? Because they're doing stuff. They're doing stuff and they never see anything. They're just more mail, more mail and more complaints, you know. But farmers are generally, are, they're happier people. People who can see that what they do turns into something, it's exciting. You know, you get the seed and you put it in the ground and, and right now it looks like there's nothing there. But you know what that farmer knows? He knows that by faith, what's going to happen? Uh-huh, uh-huh, look at that. They're a little tiny. And you might go out and they go, well, there's nothing there. And that farmer goes, oh, yeah. You know what I see? I see a whole field full of corn. I see garners filled with corn. I see tractor trailers pulling up and a machine shooting them into the back and truck after truck. And, then, and that truck translating into money and that money feeding my family. That's what, he, that's what faith's all about. Faith says, I'm going to put it in the ground, and I know what God can do. Hope is seeing what you can't see yet. Faith is the substance. It is the action that you take. It is the planting. Faith is the work that we do because of rightly laid hope in what God has said is going to happen. Verse 2 of, uh, of Hebrews 11 says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. What he's saying is, is they didn't quit. They didn't give up. They didn't despair and say it doesn't matter because they believed that God said one day we're going to be a nation. One day we're going to trod down all these bunch of heathens. One day. And so they said, you know what? Let's have another baby. Let's, let's build another house. Let's be faithful. Let's plant another vineyard. Let's do it. Through faith it says in verse 3, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things that appear once again you can get real theological with it and you can go i can't even imagine what this is talking about but what they're telling us is not only steve does faith look forward to what god will do but faith is capable of looking backward and seeing what god has done he's saying by faith we believe that the worlds were framed by the word of god god's invisible we can't see him right and what he did he was invisible and we didn't see him make the world but by faith we believe that he did And so we're going to live today on the faith that God did, who was invisible, make everything that we see that is visible. So you see? So faith not only is looking ahead to what God will do, it's looking back to his word at what he says he has done. Right? And we understand this in a lot of ways uh, in the life of Jesus. Did anybody see Jesus die on the cross? Did anybody see him after he rose from the dead? None of us have seen that. There were a few select people in the world who got to see that. But for us to see it, where do we have to see it? Everybody say, we see it by faith. By faith we see Christ on the cross. By faith we see him resurrected in his body and eating with the disciples and telling them that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he would not see death. 
on verse uh, 6. Without faith. Everybody say, without faith. It's impossible to please God. You see, if you don't have the faith, you won't do the work. If you don't understand that the plant's going to grow, you're never going to plant the seed. And if you don't believe that what God says in His Word is true, if there's nothing to look forward to, if you believe in the pessimistic theology of today that says that all that we're going to do isn't going to work, and all that we do isn't going to pan out, and all that we're going to do is God's going to finally lose and give up on the world and take a few people out of the world, you're not going to work on the world right now to see God's kingdom come and His will be done. You're not going to raise your children and plan for generational succession and family faithfulness because you don't believe it matters. You see, having that faith matters a great deal. If you're just like, well, Jesus is going to come back and any day now. And so every day you don't teach your children and you don't discipline your children and you don't plan for the future and you don't uh, invest money and save time and build resources. You don't do that. Why? Because you have no faith. No faith what? And so what we believe about what will be is critical about what we are going to be doing right now. Can everybody say amen? By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet. He'd never seen rain. But God said it was going to rain. And so the hope of rain, whatever that's going to be, it must be water from the sky, says, you know what? We better have a boat. We better make a boat right here on dry land right now. Because it's going to rain. Because he had the hope that God had said it would, and so he kept working. Now, if you worked on it for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 50 years, eventually you might just go, it ain't never going to happen. But the reason why Noah's story is so incredible is that by faith he kept building the ark. His faith wasn't that he was just saying, I confess, my sins are forgiven. His faith was saying, I'm building an ark. I'm going out there and I'm finding another piece of gopher wood. They're like, there's no more gopher wood left. He's like, oh yes, there is. We'll go if we have to go across the continent, if we have to get a whole, you know, 400 elephants to haul it all. We're bringing the gopher wood. We're bringing the, we're going to keep building. And they're just like, Noah, you're crazy. But Noah wasn't crazy. Noah hoped in the only hope the world had while all the world thought there was, it was silly. Folks, we live in a day and age right now where the hope that we have and the things that we do right now are seen to them as silly. Just like bowing down to a little baby in a manger in a, in a far off place around the world. What are they bowing down? Well, they know who he is. They know who he will be. And the deal is, is they don't know that Jesus is king. And they don't believe it, but we do. Amen? Amen. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place where he should not receive, he, he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. Everybody say, he obeyed. He obeyed. And he went out. Everybody say, he went out. Not knowing where he went. I mean, you talk about faith. It's kind of like when we tell our kids, when I say jump on the way up, I want you to say how high. Why? Because we're obeying. And so when we hear what God says, we don't go, well, I don't really know. He didn't know where he went, but he left. Wouldn't that be faith? Where are you going? I don't know. God said to go. Where are you going? I don't know. If God told me to go, I'm guessing I'm going somewhere, right? I'm believing that. And so God's never let me down. God's never failed me. His word's always true. When he told me this was going to happen, it happened. When he told me that was going to happen, it was going to happen. It happened. And so I, by faith and hope, did that. It says in verse 10, he looked for a city. Now, come on. He looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Not only did he leave where he was, but he went to find out where he was going by looking what? He was looking for a city God was building. That's faith, folks. Faith goes, wait a minute, maybe if I go around this mountain, it's going to be, and we're going to see the city that God made, it's going to be there, and it's going to be amazing and exciting. And, and he just kept looking and looking and looking. Verse 13, all these died in faith. 
not having received the promises, but having seen them. Everybody say, having seen them. Afar off. They couldn't see them, but by faith they could see them. By faith you see your children grown up and you see them uh, having husbands and wives. And, and by faith you see the grandchildren that are coming and the faithfulness. I see this room right here and I see, wait a minute, if these people, if we, if we have taught these children right... If they form beautiful families and they trust in the Lord and they're faithful to God, the power that can come from a small thing will be like the power that we see in a mustard seed. It'll be like faith, right? That little thing, what do we do? We're going to have one more baby. We're going to have Cyrus. What will Cyrus be? What will he be? Now we get to the faith of Moses down in 23 of chapter 11. More is said about Moses and faith than anybody in this chapter. They always, they go along and they'll talk about someone and they'll mention his name and something he did. But in the story of Moses, there's, it's that long. It, and, and so the story of Moses becomes a capsule and a picture of the full-orbed faith life that people have, a life of faith. Verse 23, by faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I was thinking in the, as we hear about the faith of Moses that we would start off with Moses. But you know what? Heath, we don't. By faith, Moses' parents hid him. So the story of Moses' faith doesn't begin with Moses. It begins with who? It begins with his parents. My faith, they hid him. If we were diagramming a scripture like we do sentences, any, anybody of you homeschooling parents out here, do you diagram sentences? You know, there's a noun. Oh, we got one in the back row here. We got a part, you know, uh, Bill, I'm sure you're good at it, right? We got nouns, right? And we got verbs, we got subjects, we got predicates, right? Well, if you were going to take Bible scriptures and, and we would diagram them a different way, I'm going to show you, where instead of labeling verb or noun, we're going to label faith, all right? There are faith parts in these verses, Okay. And so when we read by faith, when he was born, Moses was hid three months of his parents. We go, whoa, diagram, let's diagram it. Was hid. Everybody say, was hid. The hiding of Moses was faith. And you might go, well, I thought faith was getting up and, and putting my pine cone in the fire. Or I thought faith was saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. And, and faith is that. And I'm not saying those things are not things that we do by faith. But faith is hiding baby Moses. That was faith. And it was where Moses' faith began. And so God includes it. Okay? And it was the action that was done because of the hope God gave his parents. Where do you think they got their hope from? Do you remember where they got their hope from? Remember there were those two midwives? Shipra and Pua? And Shipra and Pua were like, you know, hey, Pharaoh, every time we get there, uh, all these babies are already born. Every time we get there, it's amazing. These, when these Hebrew women are more lively than Egyptians. It's incredible. We just miss out. We don't even know what's going on. Wow. You know? And the, their faith and, and their work and letting all these babies be born increased Israel. Israel began to be filled with hope and faith. They began to see families being born and coming together from these young men. And so now comes along the, the time of, of Moses' mom and dad and they have hope in their heart. They're like, you know, Israel's becoming great. One day God's going to bring us out of this place. One day we're going to be the people of God. You know what? You know what I see? You know what? This baby could do something for God. I see live, like little Cyrus. Could you imagine going, I'm not, I'm not throwing him in a river. There's no way we're throwing him in the river, Steve. Come on, Steve. Could you get out your tools, Steve? Could we make something? Could we put him in the river? Let's, let's obey the law. Let's put him in the river. That's what they said. But let's, let's, let's put him in a little basket. You know? I love it. 
And you might go, well, that's not faith. They were afraid. That was faith. They were looking for a way that they could do something that showed their faith. And they did. Their faith was the beginning of the faith of Moses. And then it says in verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We would say, everybody say, Moses refused. Okay, this is now the faith part of verse 24, okay? His parents hid him. Moses was hid. That's the faith part. And here, now Moses refused. You see, sometimes the beginning of our faith with God isn't anything that we're doing. Sometimes it's just something we're refusing. I refuse to do that. You know, you may not be stepping out and doing some great thing, but you just say, I'm not doing that. And Moses could have become the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But he said, no, I, I, that's not me. I know who my mama is. My mama and my daddy put me by faith into a basket and they put me in the, in the river. And my mama fed me and raised me and she told me who I really was. And yes, I could. I mean, wouldn't it be tempting to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Do you think things would have been a little better off for Moses in his life? You think he'd been running around and running and, and living in the backside of the desert and being running for his life and having all this difficulty? I don't think so. He would have been wearing fine garments and he would have been living the life of wealth. And this was a, this was a thing, but by faith he refused. Everybody say, he refused. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Verse 25, look for the faith part here. Choosing rather to suffer affliction. Everybody say, choosing affliction. He still isn't doing anything now. He's refused to do this, and now he's choosing to be afflicted. Now, he's not afflicting anybody. He's not delivering anybody. He's not helping anybody. First, he's refusing what is offered before him, and now he's choosing in it to suffer because of it. Okay? So this is two more, two ways to have faith. So we got three. Hiding a baby, refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, right? And now choosing affliction. Can you see these faith elements? These are all ways to have faith. He he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You see, for Moses knew he could have all that Egypt had to offer. He was a type of Christ. Like, you know how the devil said, Christ, come here, let me take you up and let me show you. All the kingdoms of the world can be yours. And so the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he was looking at it. He's like, all this could be, all this could be mine. But he said, no, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and I choose to suffer affliction. We get to verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. So now, not only is he he's choosing it, but now he's esteeming it. Can you see the growth in his life? He was hid. He, he had no faith, but his parents gave him faith by hiding him. You know he heard the story over and over. They're like, man, that was brave of you, mom and dad. And look, as a result, I'm alive today. And it caused him to refuse. And it caused him to choose. And now it's causing him to esteem. So now he's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm afflicted. But now he's kind of like, you know what? I like it. I like being called a Hebrew. I like being a people of, a person of God and, and being a part of the Israelite. I like this. I esteem it better. And you know what? This suffering would be better than those pleasures. What happens in our life, our faith grows over time, and, our, and, and it goes, once it goes from growth, then it goes to multiplication. Okay? So that's where we're going. So here he is, he was hid, he got faith, he uh, refused, then he, um, 
refusing and choosing, and now he is esteeming. Okay, this is the faith part of verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of his reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook. And so now he's taking action, okay? He's, he's choosing this, he's choosing that, he's esteeming. All of these things are heart choices. All of these are things he's not doing. But now comes to the point where faith has to step out of the boat. And so now he forsakes. And to forsake has is an action that he's got to take. Some of our kids, we will see, we will look at them, we'll go, you know what? They don't want the things of the world. We'll see in their life, you know what? Uh, they don't mind that they're not like all their cousins and whatever. They're okay with that. But when they grow up to a certain point where you see them step out and go, you know what? I am forsaking the world. The world can have its plan. It can have its ease. It can have its, its all the fun that they have. But you know what? I am forsaking it. You know how uh, uh, in our marriage vows it says, And forsaking all others, I will cleave only unto thee as long as I, we both shall live. This is a time of faith in life when we grow up and we say, Not only are we, yeah, we're choosing, yes, not only are we proud and we're esteeming it, but there's a time in our life when we've got to stand up and we have to forsake. Paul says it this way, We are to come out from among the world and be separate. You see, we can raise our children to be a certain way, but there's a time when Jacob grows up and Jacob goes, he says, you know what? I'm not going to be like them. You know what? Yeah, I've got to earn a living. And yes, I want to have a family, but I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to work for the reason they work. I'm not going to build the way they build. I'm going to have the kingdom of God in mind. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what I'm going to do for me and my house. And that's, and that's, that's going to be the proudest day of your life. You're going to be like, Jacob, man, I saw you make that decision. I saw you turn that job promotion down. I saw you say, you know what, what I want, I want more than just what you get when you pay your dues and you get your money that comes in. I want more than that. And when you see him make that, you're going to be like, oh, my faith has gone from me and it's gone right into Jacob. He forsook. Verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover. Now... So do you see how now he's doing actions? Before it was what he thought. Before it was how he felt. Before he was just refusing. It was all a heart thing. Then he forsook. And now he's keeping. Everybody say, he's keeping the Passover. See, here's, here's, here's the deal. Not only He's not just forsaking and saying, I don't want to be like them. He's now doing something that God says to do. God said, keep the Passover. God said, get those children inside your home. God said, eat that lamb. God said, you better be inside your house. You better eat it this way. Because if you don't do it, the firstborn in your house is going to die. And so Moses kept the Passover. Everybody say, Moses kept the Passover. Passover. Now what's amazing is not only did Moses keep the Passover, but who else did? Everybody say, all of Israel. It's amazing. You know, by faith. It doesn't say by faith he... He opposed Janice and Jambres and did magical tricks. And by faith, even though he stuttered, he didn't know. It, it, it just moves straight past. He forsakes Egypt, right? It goes to the next thing it says, he kept the Passover. Isn't that amazing? I think that's utterly amazing. You see, keeping the Passover is a picture of someone who obeys God's commands. It's why we come to, to the table every week. We're keeping God's sacraments. We see that they're holy. We understand that we 
baptize our children. We understand that we come to the table and eat this bread and we go, oh, it's just bread. But you know what we see? We see what you can't see. You see, when we eat the bread and we drink the the wine, we see what can't be seen. Because the Bible tells us that when we do, we do this, right? We're not only remembering the Lord and, you know, I'm not going to get into some crazy consubstantiation or transubstantiation, but we see that God says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hey, take the cup in like manner. This is my blood, the blood of the New Testament. And Moses entered into a life of faith. And not only did his faith go from himself, but now he has brought his faith. It has multiplied to an entire nation of people. A people who were slaves. A people who, who, who couldn't walk out of Egypt. But you know what he did? His faith led them out of Egypt. Do you know you can be like that? Your faith that your parents give you, and maybe, maybe it doesn't tell us anymore about, uh, about them leading anybody else to the faith. But they brought their son. But then we see his faith growing. It grows from refusing and choosing to esteeming and then forsaking and then keeping. And now he's walking with God and his actionable faith that goes and does things that, that people are afraid to do. Kind of like Peter stepping out of the boat. And you know what? Everybody goes, I'm going to do that too. And all of Israel kept it. And, and it moves from he in the next part to they. Everybody say they. And as I read that, Jonathan, I'm, I'm sitting reading the word of God and tears just start coming out of my eyes. They. His parents. It wasn't even him. Then it was him. And it moved from a him to a they. And it's all in Moses' story. Right there. Through faith, they kept, he, through faith, he kept the Passover. The sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Verse 29, by faith they passed. Everybody say, they passed. They passed. Through the Red Sea. Do you see this transformative story? His parents, he did it, he did it, he he refused, he chose, he esteemed, he forsook, he kept, and now they passed. See, faith multiplies. What did Jesus say faith was like, Luke? It's like a what? It's like a little mustard seed. Just one, right? But how does the parable end? Does the parable end with just the mustard seed? Or is there a big they in, the, in, 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 the, in, the, in that? Right? What happens? It grows. It becomes bigger so much that the birds can even lodge in it. This is what God does in our lives. And for me, I'm, I'm excited because I've seen it happen in mine. I've seen a me turn into a they. Not just in the Robinettes, but in more. And we. Amen. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, they tried to do it too. You see, the, these, these Egyptians, they got so caught up in the faith of the Israelites, they decided they were going to believe it too. Problem was, they weren't called by God. You see, they should have been afraid to go in the Red Sea, but they weren't. They just thought, wow, look what everybody's doing. And that's what Egyptians are used to doing. They're used to doing what everybody does. And so let's go. Wow, look, they're on dry land. This is amazing. You see, they didn't see God in it. The children of Israel saw God in it. Moses saw God in it. 
He was terrified. He didn't know what to do when he came to the Red Sea. It wasn't part of his plan that God was going to open it up. But when God opened it up, he knew God had sent me out so I can go. And the very thing that was, that was beautiful and lovely and was salvation for the children of Israel was death and destruction for the world. Just like in the story of Noah. The thing that saved Noah, the water, right? Buoyed him up was the same thing that did what? Destroyed all the rest of the world. And in this story, the same thing that was parted that saved the people of Israel because of the faith of following this multiplied faith that came from Moses and into the people of God. And as they passed through, they were, they were reborn, like, just like through a birth canal. But the Egyptians, they were destroyed. God's word is so beautiful. The story of Moses is not a story alone about his faith. It started with the faith of his parents by faith. They hid Moses, which led Moses to be to his faith to be refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh, to choosing to suffer. It goes from refusing to forsaking and from forsaking to keeping and from keeping to they pass through. This kernel of wheat that he was went out, uh, that had gone out of Egypt into the desert of uncertainty was reborn into a great nation. God's people, his faith explodes into faith of not just his own family, but into an entire nation. Israel, by faith, keeps the Passover and finally, by faith, passes through to the other side. Faith brings about new birth. Everybody say, faith brings new birth. Again and again, except you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And many times that rebirthing, that rebirth of your life that happens comes by faith. Luke, I was thinking of you. I remember the day when, you know, you kept kind of wanting to do artistic things and wanting to do art. And you're kind of wondering, am I going to be a poor artist in my family? And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to take care of my family is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to die to that. And if I ever make anything ever again, whatever, I don't really care. And so here you are doing the things of God and you're out trying to reach people in a community center. And the community center wants to expand and wants you to do a work of art. You see how that works? You die and you say, I don't care if I do art again. And then God says, you know what? The way that he'll do it, I'll bring it into your life. And it'll be like a beautiful tree. <laughs> Just like the tree you made that provided for your family through art. Isn't that amazing? You see, when we say, you know what? I'm not going to go out and say, I'm going to be like them. And I'm going to, I'm going to play those songs. And I'm going to go every week and they're going to put big lights. And you know what? I'm just going to sing. Who knows what God will do with that? But you might just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep planning by faith because I am working for the kingdom, not for the kingdom of Downey, but for the kingdom of God. Amen. You see, they hoped uh, that they had the hope that the people had in the days of Moses that one day Messiah would come again. That's what their hope was. But our hope is that he will come again a second time. Our hope is in the second coming of Christ, not the second coming of the popular pre-tribulation rapture theology where God uh, wins by getting just a few of us out before he loses the entire world that he came to save where he uh, where <clears throat> there is no greater hope in what we have than this a hope that the kingdoms of this world will soon become the kingdoms of Christ the hope that tells us that Jesus is Lord right now and that in this world as his kingdom comes that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven that the church that he is building on himself the rock will be built and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, that's our hope. Amen? That the rock that multiplied in the earth in the vision of Daniel will truly fill all the earth. Not just a little bit of it. 
that the leaves of the trees of life will truly be for the healing of the nations. That of the increase of the government of Christ and peace there shall be no end. It will not only multiply for a while and then be cut off. But no, it will multiply and it will fill the earth. That one day that human eyes will see on this earth and behold and know that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. They may see him at Christmas as a baby in the manger, but we see him as the Lord that he is. And as the Lord that he is, we submit ourselves to the king right now. We come bringing our gifts and bowing our lives to his word, even though he seems but a babe in the manger to them because we see him as the risen Christ. While we wait in this hope, dark like it was for Eve, like it was for Noah, Israel, Joseph, and Moses, by faith we will hide if necessary. We will refuse if necessary. We will choose to suffer if necessary. We will forsake the world and the kingdoms that we are being offered. And we will see the church obey God's commands and once again pass through to the consummation of all things. Can you see it? I see it today. In the light of that new day, we will come to hear... As all things are put under his feet, that every enemy, even death, shall be swallowed up. This is the role that hope and faith played in the forefathers' lives. And it will be played the same in our lives today. We look back and we look forward by hope and faith. And we do work. We work. Because we can see in our hearts and our minds what cannot be seen with our eyes right now. We see the new earth wherein dwells righteousness where the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, where none will need to come to learn about the knowledge of our God because when people say, come and hear about Him, they will say, we already know. Amen? We will come to a day when God shall with righteousness judge the poor, as it says in Isaiah 11, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth and will smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. The righteous shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed and the young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Wow, I can see it. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice then, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full. Everybody say, the earth. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can you see it? Can you see a picture of the reigning Christ in the earth? Don't you just want to bow down to him today right now and say he is Lord of all? Can't you see him as the risen and reigning Christ who will not be seated until every enemy has been brought under his feet? Amen. And this is why everybody say this is why we work by faith. Oh come, oh come. Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Shall come 
Come thou day spring. Oh, come thou day spring. Come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night. And death's dark shadows put to flight. Death's dark shadows put to flight. Oh, rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, O come, thou Lord of might. O come, O come, thou Lord of might. Who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient time didst give the law. In ancient time didst give the in cloud and majesty and all. He did that for Moses. Oh, rejoice. 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 Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. I pray to God that you have seen a vision of what we are hoping for. That it has given you a heart in this Advent season to work for the coming of Christ. As they worked and waited for the coming of Christ, we would work and wait for the second coming of Christ in the consummation of all things. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so thankful today that you love us. We're thankful that you have given us hope and we are saved by it each day because it gets us out of bed. It gets us to work. It gets us to putting our shoulder to the grindstone, oh God. To do your will. And I pray, Lord God, you would give us energy and strength and purpose that we would work, Lord, not for our own kingdoms which shall fall, but we would work for a kingdom. We would look like Abraham did for a city and builder whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.